This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number here, 877-973-7425. I'm in the home studio today, which I haven't been in in, in gosh, since January. Um, but I've got a sick kid at home. My wife is at her oncology scans. It's her every three month scans, and I wanted to be with her, but between the indictment in Fulton County with President Trump and my son is homesick today from school. I needed to be home, so she's on her own today. Prayers appreciated. She meets with a doctor in about an hour. She's had her scans. Uh, we just don't know the results yet. Um, so it's it's been a very wild and convoluted day. I've had a lot of radio interviews. Uh, I will be on with Brett Baer on Fox News tonight to talk about the Fulton County indictment. Um, and then I've got my wife's situation, my son's situation. It's just, it's, it's today's a very insane day. I, I don't even, I don't even have the call screening program open yet. Um, because I just want to talk to you about the indictment. I, I have read the indictment. It's over 90 pages. I have read it. Uh, and I want to talk to you as listeners uh, and I'm happy in the in the next little while after I talk to you to answer your questions. But I want to lay this out for you because there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of disinformation. There's a lot of people just willfully telling you things that are not true. In order to inflame your sensibilities, I at least want to be analytical with you. Now, what are my qualifications on this? If you're new to the program, if you're listening on WFTL, if you're listening on um, in Connecticut, uh, if you're listening on WRD in, in Greenville, South Carolina, some of our, our newer affiliates around the country, uh, I was not only a lawyer in the state of Georgia, but I used RICO. I used it civilly. I was also a criminal defense attorney in the state of Georgia. I, I know of which I speak. Uh, dare I say expert on this as far as you're concerned. Uh, I don't need other people to be on the radio with me to talk about this because I know this area of law. Uh, I, I used this area of law. We'll get into the politics as well, but let's talk about the law first. Uh, and there are a couple of things that you, I need to get out of the way for you. First, Every state in the nation, all 50, are semi-sovereign entities. Uh, the, the whole purpose of the federal constitution is you had these independent nations that ceded some sovereignty to a unitary government in Washington or unified government in Washington. Uh, 
but they retained all of their other sovereignty. That's what the 10th Amendment is all about. These are independent nations that gave up some of their independence, but uh, kept a whole lot. So every single state in the nation has a constitution, and each state's constitution is different. Some states have very, very powerful governors. The governor of New Jersey, for example, appoints pretty much everyone in the executive and judicial branches. Uh, the governor in Georgia is more restrained. On economic issues, the governors of the state of Georgia have lots of power. On criminal issues, election issues, things like that, they don't. The governor of the state of Georgia does not have the pardon power. Years ago, there was a big scandal. They amended the constitution of the state and established a board of pardon and paroles and took from the governor his pardon power and gave it to an independent branch of the executive. That branch uh, or that entity has gubernatorial appointments that are spread out over time. So this governor actually hasn't made a lot of appointments to it yet. So you have a board of pardon and paroles. They control the pardon and parole and commutation of sentences. The governor of Georgia can't pardon Donald Trump, even if he wanted to. Likewise, the governor of the state of Georgia, unlike the governor of Florida, for example, does not have the power to remove a district attorney. The governor has the power to suspend a district attorney if the district attorney is indicted for a felony in a superior court in Georgia. The governor can suspend the district attorney, cannot remove the district attorney unless the district attorney is found guilty in a court of law. There is a law the legislature in Georgia passed this year that would allow a district attorney to be removed for a failure to prosecute. So they couldn't remove Fannie, Fannie Willis is her name, not Fannie. I've been saying Fannie, but it's Fannie Willis, the district attorney in Fulton County. They couldn't remove her from office for prosecuting Trump. They would have to find a prosecution she should have prosecuted and didn't and go after her that way. But even then, the governor can't do it in the state of Georgia. It's an independent review panel. And even then, the law has been halted while it's under judicial review. Some district attorneys are suing over the constitutionality of the law, so it's not even in force yet. So you got to take Brian Kemp out of the issue. Uh, Brian Kemp doesn't have the power to do what a lot of Trump supporters are asking him to do. Then that gets us to RICO and the racketeering uh, laws in the state of Georgia. RICO stands for the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. What is racketeering? Let's start with the basics. Racketeering is two or more people working together in a criminal enterprise. What is a criminal enterprise? A criminal enterprise is an effort to engage in a pattern of conduct. Two or more people engaging in conduct to break the law. So it could be an enterprise such as a drug running operation. That's an actual business. You're making money out of it, and it's completely illegal, racketeering. In this case, what the district attorney alleges is that President Trump, his personal lawyers, and a team of campaign operatives around him, including his chief of staff in the White House, the chairman of the state Republican Party in Georgia, and others— worked together to overthrow the election, to, to throw out the election. Now, what does that all mean? 
Uh, ironically, Donald Trump claims the 2020 election was stolen from him, and the district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, alleges that it was Donald Trump himself who was trying to steal a lawful election. The district attorney begins with an interesting revelation, and I believe it was public. Not all the details are known, but on October 31st, 2020, about a week before the election, on Halloween, someone labeled uh, unindicted co-conspirator number one, that is someone who participated in the criminal activity but not enough to themselves be charged with a crime, that person told Donald Trump, advised Donald Trump that on election night, he needed to claim that he won the election and say it was being stolen from him. Thus begins, in the mind of the DA, and I'm just trying to explain the lawsuit to you, thus begins the criminal enterprise. With that act, on October 31st, 2020, Donald Trump being advised to claim he won, but it was being stolen from him, that began the criminal enterprise to steal the election from Joe Biden. And everything thereafter played to that criminal enterprise. Now, there's something happening. If you read the indictment, and you may be seeing screenshots of the indictment from people, you may even be hearing either ignorant or malicious people tell you that, oh, they're, that Donald Trump, they, they say that one of the things he did was he tweeted out a TV appearance on OAN News. That's not a crime. And some people say they're, they're charging him with looking up a phone number for someone. No, they're not. So here's what happens in a uh, RICO lawsuit. You allege racketeering. You allege that the, you, you are engaged in a criminal enterprise to do some illegal activity. What you have to show in the RICO case is all of the acts, legal and illegal, that were taken to advance the criminal enterprise. So they have to, in the lawsuit, they actually have to list all of the actions taken to show the crimes. Some of those actions are explicitly legal actions. What they do is they show you all of the legal actions that were taken that then led up to the criminal activity. They can't just put the criminal activity in there because, again, they're alleging a conspiracy. They're alleging people worked together to advance a crime. Some of the work they did was perfectly legal, like calling people, getting people on the phone, asking people for information, all that stuff perfectly legal. What they allege is that um, they, they wanted to steal the election, so they had to plant seeds in the public to cast doubt on the election so that they could generate support for overturning the election to pressure lawmakers to allow an alternate slate of electors to be seated in the Electoral College to then steal the election. And a lot of what went into that was legal. So, for example, what you have in the criminal indictment, and these are the screenshots, you have to show acts of racketeering activity and overt acts in furtherance of the conspiracy. Some of them are very, very innocuous. Like, for example, on the 15th day of November 2020, Rudolph William Lewis Giuliani placed a telephone call to unindicted co-conspirator individual number two and left an approximately 83-second-long voicemail message for the conspirator 
making statements concerning fraud in the November 3rd election in Fulton County, Georgia. The telephone call was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. Sounds very innocuous. So he called and left a message. On the 21st day of November 2020, Mark Randall Meadows, Chief of Staff to the President of the United States, sent a text message to U.S. Representative Scott Perry from Pennsylvania and stated, quote, Can you send me the number for the Speaker and the Leader of the Pennsylvania Legislature? POTUS wants to chat with them. Now, you're looking at that saying, how is that illegal? It's not. It's not illegal. It is not illegal. But they have to state that because they have to show all of the steps taken in the lead up to that thing they say was, in fact, a crime. They have to show those things. They have to tie them all together to the actual thing they allege was a crime. Those things matter. Also, many of you believed the statements that were made under oath in state legislative hearings in Georgia about how the Georgia election was improperly conducted. For example, uh, that at least 96,600 mail-in ballots were counted in the November 3rd, 2020 presidential election in Georgia, despite there being no record of those ballots having been returned to a county election office. That's one of the statements made to a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee hearing in the Georgia Senate. That is, according to the district attorney, a lie. It's a false statement made knowingly, willfully, and unlawfully to a governmental entity by Rudy Giuliani. Therefore, he's being charged with false statements and writings. What the prosecutor has to show is that multiple independent crimes happened. But each of those independent crimes were then tied to an overall conspiracy or criminal enterprise to overthrow the election. The problem for Donald Trump is that some of these crimes he clearly didn't know were happening. Some of the people actually behaved very stupidly including showing up at an election worker's house trying to intimidate the election worker. I guarantee you Donald Trump had no idea that was happening. But because all of these things are alleged by the DA to be a part of this criminal conspiracy, they get tied to Donald Trump. And he has to own the behaviors of the others within the criminal enterprise. This is a very comprehensive and complicated case. I suspect too complicated to really be prosecuted. And because they're suing Jeffrey Clark, who was a U.S. who was a, a deputy attorney general, and suing Donald Trump, who at the time was president of the United States, arguably this could be taken to federal court because there's a federal statute that says if you sue a member of the executive branch who is acting in their authority as a member of the executive branch, that case has to be moved to federal court. This is going to be a very long process. But at the end of the day, you have to understand, if you read the indictment, what they're trying to show is that there were a bunch of legal and illegal acts that were all done in furtherance of a conspiracy. The conspiracy being to steal the 2020 election. Trump supporters believe the 2020 election was stolen from him. The district attorney in Georgia says, actually, it was Donald Trump who was trying to steal the election. That's what this indictment is all about. Whether you believe it or not, whether you think it's political or not, that's what the indictment is about.
Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. I'm happy to take your calls, answer your questions about this indictment. When we come back, I got to make a point though, and this is for everybody. This is not going to be a fast trial, and I know it's not going to be a fast trial, uh, because let me tell you about the other RICO case, uh, Fawny Willis, the district attorney in Fulton County is doing. This is the, the young thug or the, the YSL gang case in Atlanta, a very big case. Uh, judge Earl Glanville is the chief judge of Fulton County. He has been a judge since 2005 in Superior Court. He is extremely experienced, and he's been trying to pick a jury in this case since January 2nd. It's a RICO case, a criminal RICO case with about 17 defendants. They've still got about six jurors to pick. It's taking this long because every defense attorney gets to participate in the jury picking process to make sure there's a fair jury. Once the jury is seated and still we're in August, they've been doing this since January and they haven't got a jury picked. Once it happens, Fawny Willis is expected to call about 350 witnesses in a trial that's going to last about six months. Judge Glanville is an experienced jurist who's been on the bench since 2005. The judge assigned to the Trump case is Scott McAfee. He's been a judge for about six months. He can't move as fast as Judge Glanville because he doesn't have the experience. So he's going to move slower. There's no way this trial happens in a reasonable amount of time. On top of that, as I mentioned, because Donald Trump and Jeffrey Clark were president and assistant attorney general at the time, both men can argue they were operating in their capacity as federal officers, and federal law says they can move their case to federal court as a result. This is going to be a very slow case. It probably won't happen next year even. I mean, it's taken them eight months to pick jurors in the YSL case, and this is going to be far more contentious and controversial. So don't expect it to happen. And, of course, there are three other indictments against Trump ahead of this one. That matters, too. Now, I got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. They're coming to the conference this week here in Atlanta, uh, and I'm looking forward to having them, the reigniting the American dream, reminding people what makes America great and how America works. And they want you to be a part of their vision for a future of America with limited government, free markets, and free people. And they want you to find out about why Bidenomics is bad and educate people. And all you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. That's my name, Eric. You, you go there. You can sign up, be one of 4 million 
activists who are supporting Americans for Prosperity around the country. Uh, so go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. Sign up, be an activist. Uh, find out about their Binomics tour around the country as they explain how bad Joe Biden's economic policies are and what we can do at the state level to roll them back. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Become an activist with Americans for Prosperity, and they'll help you be an even more effective conservative activist wherever you are across the country. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations, and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Uh, I want to reset for you real quick. And there is other news I want to get to. This is uh, this indictment is big, and I want to lay out for you why it's big, and I'm happy to take your phone calls as well. I know people got questions. Um, it, it, let me just say this before I get to your phone calls. You and I, and I do, think this is politically motivated. Fawny Willis, the DA, is running for re-election next year in Fulton County. Uh, her campaign wants everybody to know she's indicting Donald Trump. I think this is politically motivated. But just because it's politically motivated doesn't mean she can't do it. And doesn't mean she, she's not alleging serious crimes. These are serious crimes. And she's the DA and she gets away with it. And Trump will have to fight it and will spend a lot of money. He's spending a lot of money already in New York, which is a garbage case that I expect to be thrown out by a judge. I think the most serious case is the Florida case, and I'll get into that here in a minute, and this is the second most serious case. I, I think the Jack Smith case in Washington is actually not a, a strong case for the government. I, I think Trump wins that one. At the end of the day, though, I ultimately still see a scenario where jurors, particularly in this Georgia case— say, we're not convicting a former president. All these other people that he relied on, yeah, we're going to convict, but not Trump. What I think is notable is when you read the racketeering section of this lawsuit, Trump has actually mentioned very little. It's what everybody else did. And I think that gives the jurors grounds to say, we're just going to focus on them, not him. All right, to the phones we go. Brian, you're going to be up first. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Love the show. appreciate your perspective, even when I don't agree with it. But Thank I you. Two things I wanted to get your take on. 
one, uh, and you kind of spoke to it a minute ago, but um, why is it do you think that she believes that we can get a trial in six months when it took her two plus years to develop the case? And then second, why did her press conference sound more like a pep rally for a campaign than it did a statement of an indictment? Um, so she thinks because she's the DA, she can reorder the docket in Fulton County for criminal prosecutions to fast track this. That's what she thinks. Uh, I don't think she can because of the YSL gang case in Fulton County. And again, for perspective, and, and Brian, I know you and I are in Georgia. Uh, this case, it's called the Young Thug case. Uh, 17 or 18 defendants, much like this scenario with Donald Trump, every defense attorney gets to participate in what's called voir dire. That's where you interview the jurors and try to vet out people with biases. Uh, it has taken eight months and they're still not done in the YSL case. I don't see mm. how you get this case. And by the way, that case is going to take six months. It it's consuming a lot of resources. There, There is a budget. you got to pay lawyers and experts, all this stuff. I don't see this case happening um, probably till 2025. Uh, I, and I could be wrong on that. Maybe they can rearrange the calendar, but it's going to take you a year to pick a jury. And then what happens if a juror dies? Then you got to start over with jury. It's, it's, I don't see it happening. On the other, you're absolutely right. It's a, it is a political pep rally. Uh, she is using this for her political advantage. District attorneys do this. Republican and Democrat alike do it. Uh, she gets to do it. You and I can look at it and say this is political. Her voters and donors are going to eat it up because they hate Donald Trump. Um, I wonder if he's going to try to get a change of venue or if he moves it to federal court. And I think he's got a legit argument, he and Jeffrey Clark do, to move the whole thing to federal court. Then you get a broader pool. So the Fulton County Superior Court picks jurors from Fulton County, which is Atlanta proper. And then you have places like Roswell and Alpharetta uh, in there. But then if you go to federal court, you're picking from all of the counties in the northern district of Georgia. And that includes Cobb and Gwinnett, Henry. It includes DeKalb, but it includes Carroll and Cherokee and Forsyth, some Republican areas. You expand the pool of voters uh, and improve his odds, and you probably are going to have it before a judge who actually was a Trump appointee as well. So I wouldn't. I, I suspect that's going to be one of the first moves that his legal team makes is to move this to federal court. And by the way, her fundraising off of this and making it a campaign issue uh, for her donations, I think that that gives really plausible grounds for them to do so. Now, you should know, and this is happening right now, Donald Trump has this morning at 8.49 a.m. posted this on True Social. A large, complex, detailed, but irrefutable report on the presidential election fraud, which took place in Georgia, is almost complete and will be presented by me at a major news conference at 11 a.m. on Monday of next week in Bedminster, New Jersey. Based on the results of this conclusive report, all charges should be dropped against me and others. There will be complete exoneration. They never went after those that rigged the election. They only went after those that fought to find the riggers. Now, Brian Kemp has responded to this in the last few minutes. This is what he wrote. The 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen. For nearly three years now, anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible, and fair, and will continue to be as long as I am governor. 
The future of our country is at stake in 2024, and that must be our focus. Now, this is notable because one of the people who might be a witness in this case is the former governor, or the current governor, Brian Kemp, and the current secretary of state. So I know, and I've gotten into this uh, with a lot of you, um, people get mad at me for saying I don't think the election in Georgia was stolen. There were irregularities, absolutely. There were irregularities, but do they amount to enough to overthrow the the election? No, but let me just read you one of the, the uh, acts where people are being charged with false statements. Uh, some of, And some of you have called me about these things. Uh, 2,506 felons voted illegally in Georgia. 66,248 underage people illegally registered to vote before their 17th birthday, uh, before the election. At least 2,423 people voted uh, in the November 3rd election who weren't listed as registered to vote. 1,043 people voted in the election who had illegally registered to vote using a post office box. 10,315 or more dead people voted. The Fulton County election workers at State Farm Arena ordered poll watchers and members of the media to leave the tabulation area and continue to operate after ordering everyone to leave. All of these things, this indictment says, are lies. Not only uh, are they lies, but in multiple cases, the DA alleges to have emails, text messages, and other documents showing that the people who made the statements believed that they were lies. Rudy Giuliani is charged with making false statements, and these are the false statements he's charged with making. That it's clear from the State Farm Arena video from November 3rd, 2020, that Fulton County election workers were stealing votes. That at State Farm Arena, Democratic officials got rid of all the reporters, all the observers, anyone who couldn't be trusted, used the excuse of water main break, cleared out the voting area, and then went about their dirty, crooked business. That 12,000 to 24,000 ballots were illegally counted at State Farm Arena. That Ruby Davis, Shea Moss, and another unidentified man were quite obviously, surreptitiously, passing around USB ports as if they're vials of heroin or cocaine at State Farm Arena to be used to infiltrate the crooked Dominion voter machines. That 96,600 mail-in ballots were counted despite there being no record of those ballots having been returned to county election officials. All of these are alleged to be false statements in violation of Georgia law made to the House of Representatives in the state of Georgia. But one of the more damning ones involves, I believe it's John Eastman, where he filed a case in court. And in that case, made statements Uh, In uh, court, yeah, John Eastman and Donald Trump made these statements in their legal filing in the uh, United States District Court of the Northern District of Georgia in Trump versus Kemp. Many of the same statements that I just read to you. Now, listen to this. Earlier on the same day, John Eastman sent an email to attorneys associated with the Trump campaign admitting his knowledge that at least some of the allegations in the complaint were not accurate. So he admitted some of these things were not accurate. Um, that's bad. 
when you file a federal lawsuit and admit that some of these claims are not accurate, uh, you got trouble. You got trouble. And um, this is all going to be tied to Donald Trump. Whether you think it's true or not, the Fulton County District Attorney says they're lies. By the way, the Trump campaign can show that they're true. They claim to have the evidence to show that they're true. If that's the case, then there's no crime here. They've got to show it. One of the things, though, if you remember the 2000 Mules documentary from Dinesh D'Souza, uh, they used evidence from a group called True the Vote in Georgia to talk about ballot harvesting and the mules who, who were, were dropping off ballots. The Secretary of State of Georgia has filed a lawsuit against that organization to demand they show their proof because they claim they had the proof, but they never actually handed it over. So a lawsuit's been filed to force them to put up or shut up, and thus far, they haven't handed it over. That that you got to have that for context. Uh, back to the phones. Hugh, you're up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Uh, you're my political guru, and I appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Uh, one of my questions is, I assume the taxpayer of Fulton County is on the hook for the expense of Trump's prosecution. Yes, not the state of Georgia taxpayers, just Fulton County. Is there any budget for this, or she has as much money as she wants to spend to prosecute Donald Trump? <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, when you're dealing with the amount of experts and outside counsel and RICO experts, this is going to get ex extremely expensive. She's already doing this YSL gang case, which is expensive. Uh, so if the Fulton County Commission doesn't want to raise property taxes on people to fund the district attorney's office, she's going to have to pinch her pennies. One other question. If this gets transferred to federal court, is the Fulton County taxpayer still on the hook for this prosecution? Yes. Yep, sure are, um, because it's a Fulton County prosecution, even if it's in federal court. So George taxpayers won't pay for it. Uh, Fulton County taxpayers will. And I can guarantee you Republicans in the legislature will not be doing a supplemental appropriation to Fulton County. That's all I have. Thanks for yep. your work. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Uh, Steve, let's go to you next. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Steve. I uh, hope, uh, Eric, you and your family are all well. And that Thank being you. said, I have a, a take that I didn't know whether it was uh, discussed or not yet for the uh, case uh, involving the former president in Fulton County. Being the fact, and, and uh, Botswami himself wanted to aid, uh, uh, who was running against him in the primary, wanted to aid the president by helping him legally, so to say. And he says that he would write an amicus brief saying that um, that because they released the, um, the indictment before the judge even signed it, that everything is invalid and should be thrown out. Can I have your take on that? Yeah, legally, no. It sounds good. And, and I think that's also another reason you and I can say this is politically motivated is clearly the fix was in. Uh, but you only have to have a majority of the grand jury go along with it anyway. Um, keep in mind oh, what see. the grand jury's doing is just they're looking at what a special grand jury did, reaffirming the special grand jury's work uh, with their recommendations. So, yeah, the fix is in, but you only need a majority of the grand jury. You don't need a unanimous grand jury. Um, so, so even if the judge didn't sign it yet. 
Uh, correct. Uh, even if the judge didn't sign it yet, this is what the DA wanted, and the DA and the grand jury gave the DA what she wanted. She's got to prove that in court still to a jury that must right, be right, unanimous. I understand. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's right. this is all kind of pro forma, honestly. Uh, the DA has to follow this process, but I mean, the the old joke is that a, a good DA can indict a ham sandwich. That's what we're seeing yes, here. Yes, 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 yes. That yep. stinks anyway. The whole thing oh, stinks. Does. And I, I don't necessarily mean Trump, whether he committed the crimes or not, but the whole thing stinks. It's absolutely politically motivated by this DA uh, to build her name in Fulton County. Uh, the problem for the Trump team is some of these people it made it really easy for her. Uh, Steve, thanks for the call. I mean, showing up at Ruby Freeman's house to harass the woman, what an idiot did that. And that person's indicted as part of this. All right, I, I, I'm I'm happy to take your phone calls, but right now I got to tell you, I've got my uh, walking Liberty half dollar from um, Swiss America. If you want one of these for your kids, even they're thirteen dollars and fifty cents each from Swiss Swiss America. You now you're limited to two hundred fifty of these per customer while supplies last, but it's an incredible deal. You get the walking Liberty half dollar for thirteen dollars fifty cents. They're gorgeous and they're real silver. And get them for your kids, get them as a collectible, but get them to start your entry into precious metals as part of your portfolio. If you want this deal, and again, it's the Walking Liberty Half Dollar for $13.50 each, call 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646, or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. If you call or text 800-289-2646, mention me, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and you can get this Walking Liberty Half Dollar deal from Swiss America. It's a great entry into precious metals as part of your portfolio or just to collect or just to have something cool for your kids or grandkids. $13.50 each. Call 800-289-2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. Message and data rates may apply. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty, building and loan wherever you are nationwide. They can help your business grow. You're buying a building, 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 buying a franchise, expanding a franchise, that's their wheelhouse. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. FirstLibertyGA.com. If you need $250,000 or more to help your business grow, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Y'all, um, by the way, nationwide, not just Georgia, anywhere in the nation, they can help um, despite them being in Georgia. There's breaking news happening right now. I've got to get to this separate from Donald Trump. This is the Hunter Biden situation. The government has just dropped a major filing in response to Hunter Biden's legal team. If you recall, Hunter Biden's legal team went to court and argued that the plea deal should still be binding on both sides. Um, but this is from the court filing that has just been filed in federal court in Delaware. First, the government did not renege on the previously agreed upon plea agreement as the defendant inaccurately asserts in the first substantive sentence of his response. The defendant chose to plead not guilty at the hearing on July 26, 2023, and U.S. probation declined to approve the proposed diversion agreement at that hearing. Thus, neither proposed agreement entered into effect. Instead, at the end of the hearing on July 26, the two proposed agreements were drafted were drafts that either party could propose changes to. Both parties did so following the hearing. Without going into the substance of the negotiations between the parties, in the afternoon after the hearing on July 26, defense counsel asked to meet with the government. At that meeting, defense counsel proposed changes in both documents. The government considered the defendant's proposal and did not believe they were in the best interests of the United States and offered counterproposals on July 31st, 2023. The defendant rejected those. Government uh, intends to now 
go to trial against Hunter Biden, no plea arrangement now. So they say, we'll see. I mean, can you really believe it what they did? But that's the breaking news happening now. Um, The government's filing says that uh, Hunter Biden's team walked away from the plea agreement and proposed alternatives and refused the government's responding alternative. Therefore, uh, you got problems uh, for Hunter Biden. 877-973-7425. When we come back, I want to spend just a little bit longer diving into the indictment. And then there's the big lawsuit in Montana where I was dismissive of it, but an activist judge has agreed with kids in Montana as young as five that they have standing to sue the state over global warming. Essentially, a group of rich kids want to force the cost of living for Montana poor people to go up so that they can continue to live on their parents' acreage in Montana uh, without having to worry about things. Um, One of them claimed to have standing because they get allergies due to seasonal changes. We'll get into that as well. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.